From the Mitchell Center to Coleman Coliseum, the Bartow and Trojan Arenas. From Veterans Memorial Stadium to Legion Field to Hancock-Whitney Stadium. With a combined 75 years of experience in the sports radio world, these guys have spent their professional lives roaming the stadiums and arenas that host your favorite teams. And now, they invite you to join them inside the press box. Get ready for Chris Stewart. Throws it out. Norris left alone. Corner three. Red smoking hot. J.D. Byers. Three-step drop. Steps up. Looks. Swatted down. Set. Down he goes. Mike Grace. Curveball right back up the middle. They'll wave out and around third base. Slides into the dogs and won it. And the broadcasters, journalists, coaches, and game changers making today's news. <laughs> They're all here inside the Press Box. Welcome to the Press Box Podcast. For my partners, Chris Stewart and J.D. Byers, I'm Mike Grace. What you're about to hear is just a slice of our Press Box radio show. Heard on great stations across Alabama and online 24-7 at PressBoxRadio.com. The show is our way of sharing with you the access we enjoy to a group of friends and colleagues who, like us, have the honor of working with and around the teams and the sports we all love. Today's guest, a friend in Brian Passink, our Chris Stewart's partner on the Alabama broadcast for the Crimson Tide Sports Network. When he joined us inside the press box, he was feeling like a kid on Christmas morning. His Crimson Tide, the number one seed in the upcoming SEC tournament, and a lock for the NCAA tournament. So that means no bubble watch for Brian Passing. Man, I mean, the sun is shining, the grass is greener, <laughs> the sky is bluer, and, uh, and March Madness is here. I mean, the conference tournaments are going on. Um, but but I'll tell you what, it, it, it's going to be weird not staying up late and, and rooting for Gonzaga in the West Coast Conference final. Like I feel like I have every every year for the last 20 years, hoping that you know that the, the WCC doesn't get an extra bid uh, because Alabama is on the bubble and, and rooting against all these bubble teams. Uh, it's nice. Now, I still root against them, just force a habit. And uh, yeah. so – but but we don't have to now, and it sure has been enjoyable. It's uh, it's a very different deal. So let me ask you, uh, having played and been at Alabama again, you were you were signed and played a year for Wimp before uh, David Hobbs took over, and it, there was a there was a an aura, there was an excitement that surrounded Alabama basketball at this time of year because Wimp had so much success in the tournament itself. You were on the back end of that, but you talked to guys that had played prior to you. You saw it for your friends with Coach. Tell me about his approach and what made him so successful this time of year and also Nate Oates during this time of year in a much more limited uh, time frame, but very, very successful in the postseason as well. Yeah, you know, people our age remember growing up in a time where yeah, Alabama was a fixture in the NCAA tournament and a fixture in the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. And and that was just something that that we got used to and, you know, maybe took for granted a little bit. Um, but I know this, it, it was really a special time. Uh, and everybody uh, loved March Madness and, 
and made plans to go to the SEC tournament, NCAA tournament, and and went um, had an absolutely amazing career. First as an assistant, and then in his 12 years as head coach, spent 32 years there and did a whole lot of winning in his time in Tuscaloosa and did a lot of that winning in March. And, you know, we've talked about it off the air and, and on the air, uh, but there, there's really, even though, you know, Wimp and, and Nate Oates um, don't even like literally speak the same language from an accent standpoint, <laughs> those guys yeah. are so similar uh, in, in, so, in, in certain aspects of their coaching. And they're, even though, Nate Oates is is definitely into analytics and um, I feel like gosh he's one of the smartest basketball coaches at any level uh, and his approach and and how he he does things Uh, he's got an old school mentality when it comes to toughness and we hear a lot about the blue collar mentality and and that was the uh, that was that was how it was done back at the Plaid Palace it was all about toughness and blue collar and effort the, the thing that I don't think Wimp gets enough credit for is how smart uh, he was and is in terms of being a, a basketball coach. You know, everybody saw the, the plaid jacket and, and, you know, ranting and raving on the sideline and, and was such a big personality. And, but, but he was uh, a, a master uh, at getting teams ready to play tactically, um, going up against opponents. Uh, motivation. He's just a, a brilliant basketball coach. And uh, th- there's a lot of similarities there, but it, it sure feels similar to those days uh, back in the in the 70s and 80s and early 90s, where this time of year, you, you weren't worried about if you were going to get in, you were more looking at seating, you were looking at matchups, and could this team make a run. And, and it is sure, sure is nice uh, to go back to, to having those those same feelings because Alabama's in a great place, not only for this year, but moving forward uh, with where this program is. So for this week and next, just to, to not get too far ahead of ourselves, you're guaranteed this week, obviously, and, and, and next week, uh, bar, barring COVID again, Alabama's playing ball next week. So is the, the spot that has been talked about for Alabama a good bit where they're not maybe as good as they were a month ago or playing at the level they were a month ago. Is that Alabama dropping off or is that Alabama catching everybody else's best shot? Well, I think it's a combination. You know, Alabama is not playing its best, Uh, but also when when you play Alabama for the first time, there's a shock factor that goes into it because of the, the unique style of play. I mean, this is, I, you know, I think the fastest team in the country, even though I think in terms of offensive tempo right now, Alabama's second or third. Um, but I think you'd be first if, if it wasn't for taking the air out of the ball the last few minutes in some of these games where Alabama has been up double digits. Uh, but this, the speed that Alabama plays with, the ability to spread you out uh, with five guys that can all shoot the three um, and, and their attacking style is unique. And then you add on the fact that they're much better or have been much better defensively than they have been offensively. Uh, This catches teams a little bit by surprise. You can watch it on film. You can go through scouting reports. You can have your scout team uh, try to, to, to run what Alabama does, but until you see it firsthand uh, it's different. And, and I think teams have, 
an advantage playing Alabama for the second time. Now, uh, that will be the case in, in the SEC tournament. It'll be the third time that Alabama plays either Kentucky or Mississippi State on, on Friday. And uh, at least e- either the second time you play your opponent um, in, in the following round. Um, hopefully, and, and I think that could be an advantage for Alabama in the NCAA tournament uh, because of a couple of things. One, these teams have not played Alabama, obviously. And you wouldn't run into a, an SEC team until the later rounds. So that would be a great problem to have. Uh, to be in the in Elite Eight and matched up with an SEC team. Uh, but before that, you won't play anybody you play. And so I think that'll be an advantage to Alabama, especially in that second game where, you know, you, you only have a quick turnaround, two-day turnaround. I mean, really one day of practice turnaround uh, to prepare for Alabama. So uh, hopefully that will be to uh, this team's advantage. And also, as we've talked about, this team has not been healthy. They are as healthy as they've been all year long. and But still, it, it takes a little time to bring those guys back into the fold from a practice, from a playing standpoint. And they're not clicking like they were earlier, but I, I think with a week off, with a week to practice and, and bring uh, guys like Jordan Bruner, um, obviously Herb Jones and James Rojas and some of the guys, uh, Juwan Gary, some of the guys that have missed time, I think that will will help this team and hopefully get them going in the right direction on the offensive end going into the game on Friday. Yeah, Brian, I was I was sitting there thinking about you were talking about you know one or two times through where another team hasn't seen or has seen Alabama already, but they haven't seen an Alabama team with Bruner with those guys at full tilt at full capacity with all the personnel ready. Last question for you though, looking at the bracket going into Nashville. Have you looked at it close enough? Maybe it's a question for Chris as well. So many times you, you look at a bracket going in and say, hey, this actually shaped up for a team because they landed on this side and will avoid a team they don't match up well with during the regular season. What have you seen as far as the bracket on who maybe got a good side or who may have gotten a bad side? I'll tell you Sunday. <laughs> you know, the thing about it, it the SEC tournament, and, and even this year, you look at the teams that are – kind of in the middle or, or even towards the bottom, they've all been really competitive with some of the, the top teams of the league. I mean, Alabama's beaten Kentucky and Mississippi State twice, and you know they have had obviously much better seasons than both of those schools. But th- those games were competitive, especially uh, the, the second game. This will be the third time you play one of those teams. Arkansas is obviously playing at a very high level right now. Um, but Tennessee has as much talent, if not more than anybody. Uh, LSU uh, is as good an offensive team as there is in the country from a personnel standpoint. So there's a bunch of teams that can make a run, that can win it. And going back to the old Wimp Sanderson philosophy, he, he always said, and, and they called it the, the Wimp Sanderson Invitational for a reason. He, he was dominant in the SEC tournament. He, he, would, he would sell his teams on Friday night or Friday first game is, is a championship game because without that win, you're not going to win the championship. So all the focus uh, would be on that first game and not looking ahead at all. And even though, you know, it sounds cliche, that was absolutely his approach, his mindset. And I think this team will have to take the, the, that same mindset to not look ahead, not look at the bracket and just focus in on who you play on Friday afternoon. Well, Brian Passink, again, of the Crimson Tide Sports Network with us. Uh, it won't be Nashville as usual, 
but you get to go on the road and, and call a game. I know it's got to be a boost for you and Chris to be able to do what you guys do somewhat closer to normal than it's been in a year. I, I am so excited to go to Nashville. First of all, I, I love the SEC tournament. It, it's just something that whether I was doing the radio or not, I would be there. I, I love uh, this tournament. March Madness is obviously special, but there's something about the SEC tournament uh, that, that I love being there with all not well not 14 teams 13 i think one if i'm not mistaken uh has self-imposed a uh, a ban on the postseason for some reason i'm not sure maybe you guys could get into that at some point but uh 13 of the 14 teams will be there <laughs> 13 or four of the 14 will be there and it, it's just a great event and there are so many reasons i'm excited to be there and maybe the most important reason is that my my wife and kids don't have to see me crying like a baby because I would have if they wouldn't have let us go to the postseason. So I'm thrilled to be there and uh, hope Alabama can make a run. We look forward to uh, that to the call, sir. Nice job Appreciate pulling the uh, nice job pulling the tab on the stink bomb and then walking out of the room. Appreciate it. <laughs> Appreciate it, guys. Our buddy Brian Passink of the Crimson Tide Sports Network, our guest inside the press box here on the Press Box Podcast. Catch our daily show weekdays on great stations around the state of Alabama and online 24-7 at PressBoxRadio.com. You can find us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all at PressBoxRadio1. That's PressBoxRadio and the number one. And, of course, we always would love to hear from you. Email us at PressBoxRadio1 at gmail.com. Again, PressBoxRadio, the number one, at gmail.com. For Chris Stewart, for J.D. Byers, I'm Mike Gray saying thanks for joining us here on the PressBox Podcast.